it only matters like the history that you make, the representation that you may have only matters if you do something with it. Um, and so like that, that really on me that um, our motto is let's do the, the harder thing. Um, I, I would rather do the harder thing while I'm in leadership. All right, good. Well, we are here today with Shannon Harden, who I consider to be a good friend and who is a, a really critical leader in the city right now as president of city council and um, has emerged uh, throughout your career in a, in a, a lot of ways. But um, right now, more than maybe ever, we're in challenging times. And um, I can tell you, I'm, I'm I'm comforted and and honored to uh, have you leading and uh, have some time today to uh, talk to you and and kind of hear what's going on and 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 to let people hear your your journey. So thanks for being here, Brett. Thank you for having me on your podcast and allowing me to um, just take a, a moment to connect with folks in our community, folks who are undoubtedly dealing with uh, probably the largest. Uh, the most impactful community worldwide experience that we'll, we will ever live through. The yesterday where, you know, you're not allowed to go to, to barbershops and beauty salons right now as uh, those are not deemed critical services. Where That's I why was I'm wearing start- my hat, by the way. Listen, man, I was starting to get like, feel some type of uh, videos that we're doing without me. I go to the barbershop once, once a week, literally. And I had a moment uh, where I just said, man, your vanity is really getting away from you. 40 years from now, we're sitting and talking to our grandkids about this terrible time in history. And I can say that the thing that I did was stay at home and not get my hair cut for a couple months. As that, And that was like my duty and literally in saving lives and literally in keeping older folks healthy and like getting us out of this then like, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I also will be shut up, Shannon. Like I had to have that, that <laughs> moment with myself, like uh, a realization of what we're actually going through and, and really this, and I don't want to diminish the sacrifice. I mean, I'm so great. We are so grateful to live in a state where we have a governor and a um, health director, Dr. Amy Acton, who, who acted so early. Um, when the books are written about this, we will say that they saved lives here in Ohio. We will say that they saved lives. I hard bleeding Democrat. Um, and, uh, but I'm also now a DeWinocrat because mm-hmm. I think that he has saved uh, lives and probably people's lives that I love and care about. Uh, and leadership matters. It really does matter right now because we're all looking to um, understanding. We're all looking to find confidence and comfort and just so that somebody has a plan and that somebody is being upfront with us about the challenges that we will face, but also that the work that they're putting into it. And that trickles down to the local level as well. Uh, I have been impressed by the leadership of our mayor, of our public health director, Dr. Mashika Roberts, by my colleagues on city council. Everybody is stepping up. And it goes further than that. Outside of the political realm, the private sector has stepped up. Some of the first people to waive requirements for back pay were Columbia Gas and AEP, like literally before us. Like we, 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 we ended up like catching right up to them. The nonprofits who are uh, in a time where they are losing um, all their funding uh, because, you know, normally this would be the period where they would be doing fundraising events. Um, 
they're needing to lay off folks when we are asking more and more of them. I just am um, Columbus proud. Uh, it, it's that simple. I'm Columbus proud of, of who we are. And in eyes, because this is exactly who I thought we were. Yeah. Um, and but, but, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because, you know, at a time like this, and, and um, I want to dive into this with you. I'm going to, I want to kind of go back and, and kind of get your backstory, you know, before we go too deep in it. But, you know, at a time like this, you do really get to see what people are actually really made of you know, who, who they really are. And, you know, for better or worse, you know, there's been some things that, you know, I've found to be a little disappointing too. Um, but, you know, in, 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 in the case of what you just described, Columbus Proud, you know, I, I, I feel the same way. And I, like you, felt that way before. And, and it has a lot to do with um, the the leadership. You know, I, I think, you know, both public and private sector, but, you know, I think, you know, and I've told, I actually told the mayor this right when this was all getting started, when, when the kind of Arnold Fitness Festival was, was really the first to, to, you know, shut down. And, and the mayor and I had a conversation where I, I, you know, at the time just told him that, you know, I appreciated what he was doing, not knowing actually how important it might end up being, not even knowing if it was the right thing. But just that you have leadership that um, is willing to take stands and and do what they believe is, and that the was right not thing. easy. That was and, and not I, easy. That was so 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 early oh, in know. this, and we were talking about you know hundreds of millions of dollars in economic impact, and saying and mm-hmm. um, the naysayers were so so loud, so loud, and mm-hmm. and so you know again we we will all look back and and see the the nature of the folks who have been in leadership but also knowing that we the folks in leadership are inspired by each and every one of the folks in our community if not for folks following some of these guidelines and literally staying home as much as possible we would not be bending the curve as much as i think we are in ohio and like that, that makes each and every one of us a a true human and and someone that we will be able to tell our children like we played a role. Like it'll be a silly role compared to like no it's not. I I I keep going back mm. and forth with that. This is like this is this is it. This is what yeah. we have been asked to do and it's not easy and we're doing it. And it does uh compare to um World War II, where folks yeah, changed, yeah. changed industries and, and did, you know, uh, women went to work and, and, and left the house for the first time in, in, in mass to go build because their husbands were abroad. This is us all adapting and figuring out what can we do um, to keep us all healthy. And, and the one thing that is just is that it's, this is a worldwide event. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I, you know, a year from now, I wonder what the impact will be. We are all going through together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, what, what will that mean for the world and how we engage with other? Hopefully it, it's, it pulls back from some of this isolationism and, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, inwardness that has happened around, around the world. Um, but, but we shall see. Yeah. Well, look, so let, I want to talk about all of that and, and I could kind of like just spend the full time talking about, you know, kind of where we are right now. Um, and maybe we'll we'll spend more time doing that than than we typically do on the podcast. But you know the the format of the podcast really is to try to 
allow people to hear your full journey um, so that they can see themselves. You know, you're you're somebody that, you know, I think has a has a unique story that that, you know, is is maybe not as unique as um, people think, right? Um, that, that there's a lot of people that are out there like you that you know you can you can inspire just by kind of sharing your journey. So um, if you don't mind, let's let's go back for a minute and talk a little bit about kind of your your life journey. Just share with me, just kind of from the beginning. You know, where are you from? What kind of family did you grow up in? You know, kind of what was your kind of early life like? Certainly. So, I was born and raised uh, mostly here in Columbus, um, not too far from where I live uh, right now. Well, we we moved a lot. Um, truthfully, my um, Mom, when I was born, worked in city council. She worked uh, as the uh, clerk at the front desk. And uh, that was really how I, you know, I saw sometimes I call myself a a city hall baby. But the truth of it is, um, you know, my my mom and dad, um, we had a horse farm in in, uh, Delaware, Ohio, uh, where my dad raised American Quarter Horses. My mom was bleeding. Um, Republican or Democrat. My dad was a Republican, a Black Republican back in the day. Um, I, I will say that the Republican Party that my father was a part of and my grandmother was a part of is very different from the Republican Party of today. And but uh, it, all things come back because it's kind of funny at the end. Um, anyways, but do you so, remember like that? What do you remember? Kind of the tension of that, or the kind of like where, what was your kind of early memories of having that kind of dynamic? I remember it as a as a uh, teenager, and what my father told me once was, "Shannon, never be something so much that people stop asking your opinion." Mm-hmm. And and I think that he was speaking to ideology and and. You know, um, you, you can you can accept these labels that sometimes parties put on you, and just uh, check out because you just know that you're just going to follow the party line. Um, and my father always taught me that that was your the easiest way for you to become irrelevant. And I, that's something that I have always taken to to, to heart in how I how I try to govern. Just I I would like for you to come and check in with me because there are nuances in almost every decision that we have to make, and so. It, you know, and on a local level in particular, we don't have the the ability to to be to put our ideology out forefront. Uh, we have to lead with practicality, and so mm-hmm. uh, that's really that's really a very interesting uh, statement. Um, if I got it right, don't be something so big that people stop asking you your yeah. opinion. It's really interesting because I know you know, and 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 owning the company, you know, oftentimes you know. Um, that, that's, you know, my experience too. It, it, it takes, takes a minute for the, for the real truth to get up. To yeah, me, seriously. You know? so seriously. you, you got to try to fish for it. And, and it's an interesting dynamic. You accept um, that, uh, just because you are black or just because you are gay or just because you are a Democrat, that you're going to think a certain, it really diminishes the actual individual and your ability to have individual thought. And I think that's what my father was really getting at. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was seeing signs of me becoming a bleeding heart liberal like my mom. And he just <laughs> wanted to, he wanted to like, uh, just put that one little pause. And, and I think that it, because even though I am extremely progressive, I, the pragmatism of local government has, I think I've learned, learned a lot from, from my, uh, from my father. My father passed, 
um, when I was 18, when I was in college. He had struggled with um, lung issues for a long time. Uh, my mom lived um, literally like a block down from where my house is right now. And it's kind of funny, not funny, but just the change of this neighborhood. We were a, my mom was a single mom renter on Long Street in the early 90s. And, you know, my husband and I, I bought our town for a lot more <laughs> than um, yeah. where we used to live. But we had a great relationship with uh, my, my father. He bought a farm in Maysville, Kentucky, and we would spend the weekends down there in the on the farm. Mm-hmm. And then the weekdays on Long Street, mm-hmm. which really is, as it also has played a big part of who I am and, and how I see the world. I, one of the things that I say is that what I learned from my growing up is that people on a, on a, in the country, if, he, if they get drunk, they talk ignorant. People in the hood, if they get drunk, they talk ignorant. Like, we're all the same. That's so we great. That's really great. Because <laughs> I, mean, I was going to ask you, you know, what was that like to kind of have that, you know, different, those different lives? I mean, there's a lot of kind of, <clears throat> you know, difference in, in what I'm hearing in your parents, you know, you know, you know, conservative and progressive and, and, you know, Long Street, the farm. I mean, wh- where were you kind of in finding your own kind of self during that time or, or, or when did that start to happen? Did you, were you just taking it in as a kid or were you kind of leaning one way or no, the other? No, I think that I was enjoying every part of it. not enjoying, but it was just, it was who I was. And I think that I didn't understand or the culmination of it. And maybe hopefully it's not over. I'm just in the middle of mm-hmm. it, but what it made me was comfortable in, in most environments. Um, I can go into, again, I can go out, out into rural Ohio and feel extremely connected. I understand that their that their concerns are legit. They are real. Um, they are they are good people. They are concerned about their children and their children's children and if their children will have what they had to be productive. I also understand the plight of the uh, young black family in um in urban communities. And I mean mm-hmm. I just this uh, article everything comes back to COVID right now about, you know, the fact that the CDC now says, put a face mask over your face. Well, for many black kids in the urban community, telling them to put a face mask over themselves and then go into a, a grocery store or go into mm-hmm. a corner store um, mm-hmm. in the past has been deadly. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, like mm-hmm. you know, th- these are the types of things that, I mean, I, I've had my foot in both sides and just, and that's what we around governing and politics and just people, if you just talk, if you get past the first like icy thing that one says, that shock factor that uh, identifies our ideology and you mm-hmm. stay in the conversation just a little longer, maybe like mm-hmm. in his past, like mm-hmm. you want to like, you know, mm-hmm. fight them. You get to the crux of things. You get to really where someone's coming from. You get to a, you get to really where the, 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 the truth in, in what someone is saying. I mean, this comes from my belief that most people, all people are good. I believe most people are good. Like literally believe that. Mm-hmm, um, I. I, I really do. And so that kind of, that, that, that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I actually just had this thought um, last night. I, I, I went through a, a drive through um, 
beverage uh, yeah. drive-thru <laughs> just outside of uh, Bexley that I had not been in. I saw a gram um, on it or something. <laughs> yeah. So I hadn't been in there since I was in high school, admittedly. Um, sorry, mom, but I did go through the drive-thru <laughs> when I was in, in, in high school. And uh, I was back there last night for the first time in, in a long, long time. And, and I had um, a, a face mask on and I had the same thought, interestingly enough, um, that, that, you know, going through the drive-through with a face mask at, at any other time would have been concerning. Now, I don't have the same kind of living with that, um, you know, uh, uh, fear or, or, yeah. or stereotype, or, but but it, it's not like an insignificant thing. Actually, I it's kind of like a thing. I just to like double click on for a second because if I'm thinking that, you know, as a as a privileged you know white man, you know, th- there's got to be some real kind of trauma yeah. triggers um, out there for for some things that you know maybe you know are, are pretty kind of. You know, simple. Uh, it's an interesting. Yeah, thing. I mean, ho- ho- highlighted. Hopefully, it's. I mean, hopefully, what has happened is that that we have all taken a shift in terms of um, of our realities, and so you know that the article that I and the cool thing is it was a, a Columbus native who who lives in Columbus, and he was published in the Boston Globe two days ago with mm-hmm. with his article about mm-hmm. the um, you know this balance between wanting to stay healthy and wanting to feel safe. At the same time, like which side is that? Is it the, the face mask or is that is it the, the, the virus? And so, it's just it's, it's it's to say that that we all have one. We're all connected, but we all have these nuances of um, uniqueness that make us vulnerable. And and if we're open enough to have the conversation, like I say, if you get past the first couple lines where where we identify our ideology and and we and we all just take the deep breath to, to hold on to keep to let the conversation keep going, I usually believe that we get to a place of uh, a, at least conversation and understanding, yeah. not agreeing, but understanding where one comes from. And so um, when my mom and dad got divorced um, and we would go back and forth, I, I actually went to this. I went to Columbus City Schools. I went to uh, Columbus Afrocentric School. Uh, and then I graduated from Columbus Alternative High School. Uh, what's it, significant about that is Kaz had a um, internship requirement. Every song had to start had to intern uh, somewhere in the community uh, every Wednesday. My mom had still at that time I was you know I was fifteen and uh, and so uh, I had to go to she had been working for city city hall and city hall for 15 years, I did my internship in what was then called the Mayor's Action Center. It was a three, it's the the precursor to uh, the 311 call center uh, that we now know. Mm -hmm. And back then it was three little white ladies. Um, (laughs) One of those ladies is is like named, her name was Mary Funk and I I miss her dearly. Um, She's the best person in terms of community service and community engagement. But that's really, really where I got my love for Public service, it would you would get a call from somebody that would be having a terrible, terrible day. I mean, like they would be, they'd be pissed, man. And I would say, well, you know, the city of Columbus, how can we help you? The trash man skipped our house, and and you know they do this, and 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 you know, I'm just calling because you know this, this is just how. And it was the interesting thing is most of the time those folks were calling, not anticipating that that city government would actually do anything, but just really. Uh, uh, leveling their concern or 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 sharing mm-hmm. their anger, 
And I always thought it was the coolest thing to be able to say, all right, one second, ma'am, click over, call mm-hmm. the public service department and say, hey, could you guys send out a truck to such and such address? And and uh, for be able to click back over and say, hey, ma'am, if you'll be home in the next three hours, somebody will be able to uh, will come and pick up your trash and literally have an impact on their day. Like it was a small thing, but obviously it was a, a big day. There's something very, 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 very special. We have that kind of connection and we have that type of flexibility and we have um, and we can move uh, sometimes uh, that quickly compared to state and federal government um, that um, the constituent work is what got me into this work and what I love and, and what will keep me um, on the local level. I just really, really love it. I think it's, it's pure. It's pure government. Uh, and so I did that for three years. Um, I went away to college. I went to Morehouse College, uh, which was, is a historically black uh, college um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. King is a famous alumnus uh, of Morehouse. And uh, throughout the summer, I would come back and contain the different departments in the city. So I worked in public utilities um, in uh, uh, the fiscal department, which is so funny because I can like barely add. But like... <laughs> well, let, let me ask you something before you, you, you keep going with that. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I'm hearing really like a, a true, like, like you said, like a, a baby of City Hall. Like you, you have a, a whole um, pretty much life's work of being in and around or engaged or working, you know, in, in public service and, and in city government. Tell me a little bit about kind of, um, you know, what, I want to kind of just go back a little bit, you know, you're, you're, you're an African American in, in that world, um, which, you know, we've had the kind of good fortune of, of having leaders like Mayor Coleman, you know, so ha- being an African-American in city leadership, um, I don't know, for the last 20 years has not been a foreign thing. Maybe it's plus 20 years. Maybe about 20, sure, 20 some actually. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what, what, what was it like um, if, if it was anything to you? I don't know if it was anything to you to be African-American and, and kind of growing up that way in, in the city government. And, and also, at what point do you start to um, come to terms um, with your own sexuality and your own um, kind of whether private or public kind mm-hmm. of awareness of, of that part of you that, you know, is unique too? Those are good, good questions. I mean, so I, I guess I'll take the first one. Um, so starting in when I was 15 and I was, you know, well, I mean, again, my mom was the, uh, was an assistant down at city hall. So I always had access to the building and to the environment. I remember as a kid, um, the council president, the first female uh, woman council president was Cindy Lazarus. And, uh, so we we went for uh, their holiday party and played dreidel as a kid uh, at her house. Yet my mom was still an assistant, and we we still lived in the hood. And so, and you know, a couple years later, we moved to Southfield, uh, where I really claim is my 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 upbringing. It's the South Side of Columbus, gritty neighbor, greatest of people, poor middle class, but we didn't know we were poor because we were just a community of folks down there on the South Side. So. Every day after I started interning or working in, in City Hall or working in the Mayor's Action Center, I mean, I would literally drive from Bill or come from Southfield down 
high street and you would see this transition happen where you would leave the hood and go into um, the place where all the decisions were made. And so to me, it, was, it wasn't even just my race. It was just my upbringing and the disconnect mm-hmm. between the folks who need services so bad. And I felt like no one ever cared for them. And being in the place where we talk about serving the least of these and feel like there was a disconnect always mm-hmm. and realizing that maybe, just maybe, um, not because I was any smarter than anybody that was down there, um, not because, you know, um, I had gone to school, or but just because at least these people down here would, would trust me because the issue that I was seeing was that um, they had been let down so much these folks from different communities, uh, marginalized communities, that they've stopped trusting the thing, the system that that could um, give them just a leg up in it. And so that, that was how I started to think about my my one of my roles of being an African American coming from the coming from the South Side, coming from Long Street, representing a group of folks who have who have been disconnected, was that maybe in me being there, I could bring a voice but also that I could represent something for those those folks that were still out in the community that that so that 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 was that that was kind of how I thought about my the race in this and I also I mean and later on we'll talk about like the things that drive me now as a as a, as a political uh, as as council president and young black boys is one of those things it is one it's I say will say that what I do for young black boys in this community will be the most impactful thing to me personally after I'm done but to the other question around like my sexuality, I, I mean, I, I after I graduated from college uh, in 2009, I came back and worked for for and um, I worked for him for three, four years. Actually, I worked for five years, but I think this conversation happened in the fourth year. I had moved up in his in his office, um, and I was the liaison to the, and so we traveled a lot together. And I remember on one flight home, uh, I think it was from Tampa. He was saying, um, Shannon, I think it's time for you to step up your service. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't even know what that means. He's like, you know, he's like, I think that you can run for office. And I'm like, I'm 26 years old, man. And, and I'm, I'm too young for, for this. And he's like, Shannon, I, I, I know you're young. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just too liberal for Columbus, man. I'm young and I'm black. And he's like, Shannon, I can see that you're black. And I know that you're young. And I'm like, um, uh, Mayor, I, I'm young, I'm black, and I'm gay. And he said, Shannon, that's one that's only an issue um, if it's an issue for you. He said, the exact reason why I'm having this conversation with you, because Columbus is growing and growing in ways, and they have to see themselves in their elected leaders. And that's why I think you must do it, and you must do it now. Um, and that's when I, I really kind of own, decided to own it all and realized that part of my role was my story and the representation that I could be given to a, a diverse community um, of folks. Uh, well, what was that like for you? You know, I just to kind of like click on that a little bit more, you know, what was that like for you to have, you know, the mayor, somebody that, you know, you, you knew well and, and you admired, um, you know, to share that with and to have him with what it sounds like without like any pause, um, say like, you know, who cares? Let, you know, that's, that's great. You know, um, what, what was that like for you at that stage in your life? 
Well, I mean, I guess I had by that time, he, undoubtedly, he was my mentor. And, um, you know, one of the greatest things about a mentor is that two things. And I don't know if this is a podcast where you can cuss. I love to kind of cuss a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, well, the great, one of the greatest <laughs> things that, that I do, they can do, they do two things. One, they let you fuck up on their dime. He, he literally uh, um, allowed me to, 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 to learn um, and mess up and basically use his name up um, and gave me the space to do that. Um, but secondly, so having Coleman be so de- definitive about law in my abilities um, of service when I know that he had been around a million other politicians or a million other be politicians. And the truth is like, I, I, I guess you would say as a kid, I want to be a politician, but I really didn't think, I, I mean, I was from Southfield. Like I really, really, really promise you did not believe I would be. I, I, I would say I wanted to do it, but you know, there is a difference between as a kid and like, and then actually like I'm, I'm living my dreams of serving my city. And so it's still kind of hard for me to, to, I, it was some, it was like unexpected to, to be, to be here. And one funny story, right when I got elected or got appointed to council, um, probably one of the most, not the, not the most hurtful, uh, are one of those where it kind of socked me in my stomach. They said that I got here because of Coleman um, my mom being this high time, high powered executive downtown. And you have to remember, well, you know, people don't know my first year working in city council or city hall after I graduated Morehouse, I made more than my mom who had worked in city hall for 31 years. My mom was an executive assistant. And what she did do was sacrifice for me so that I could stay in the environment around people. Because this is the thing, and this is why mentorship is so important. You can't be what you don't see. If she had not stayed in that job around A-type personalities, I mean, working, being an assistant for us, I mean, you know, we're all A-type personalities. We all work our ass off, which means we work our staffs. And I mean, my mom didn't get home to eight or nine o'clock at night, grandmother, because she was at City Hall, like shuffling papers and doing, I mean, really God's work, but she was not, I mean, to call her an executive yeah. or, or, you know. Well, was, was, it's, it's, it's really, you know, um, and highlights another point, which is, you know, to kind of be in your position, which, you know, you sounds like learned pretty fast. Um, you've got to be willing to uh, have people throw stones, yes. right? You've got to, you've got to take kind of all the hits. And, and I'm curious, you know, kind of how you have learned to navigate that. You know, I'm actually just sitting here thinking about our friendship. And, um, you know, I think you and I first started to become friends back when we went on that Yelp trip and, um, you know, got to actually spend some time together. And, you know, I consider you and Liz and others, you know, truly to be yes. friends. You know, like when I see in the coffee shop, um, which I really hope to be doing sometime soon again. Um, we'll get you, there. You know, we'll get there. It, it's um, it's like seeing a friend, and I think a lot of times people, um, I know factually, they criticize the friendships that real estate developers, business people have with people like you, I consider Coleman to be a friend. He, he's been a, a great advisor and partner, but I, I, I consider 
um, the people that I work with, um, the people that I spend time with to be um, uh, relationships that I value, friendships. And, and, and so when people start poking holes and they say, you know, well, they're this and they're, they're, they're donating out. and they're getting this yeah. and that, yeah. you know, it, it's like you, you got to kind of um, start to um, kind of navigate the noise. So I guess that's my question to you is like, you know, there's a lot of noise always in in a public position. But again, and and I'm 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 coming back to the kind of you know gay black um, politician, you know, um, city council leader, person of power and leadership, because you know you got to have a lot of noise coming at you all the time. And how do you deal with it? How have you navigated it? Well, I mean, I, I learned it's you know it's it's also a function of the appointment process too. Um, one day I was Shannon, aide to council, to I mean to the mayor. Like I was 26-year-old Shannon running around pushing papers. And literally the next day I was a council member. And how folks interacted with me with, with that switch so quickly um, was the best education to me. So what I learned from that was that there's gonna be a lot of people who talk so much shit about me. Just they're gonna be they're just gonna talk shit. Um, and then on the other end, there's going to be all these people that are going to just like just heap praise on me, just crazy praise for shit that I, I didn't even so the truth. So so the thing, the important part is is to stay in the middle, to know that all the shit talking is not true, and know that all the heat praising is not true, and find out the truths in in the um, the positive things that I hear sometimes from people. They warm me heart my heart and then i try to listen sometimes um through to the, the the folks who just are so um negative to everything we do like you know they try to find the, the 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 reality or the real pieces of it's never those extremes it's never those extremes and i work hard not to even care about those extremes so like it's, it's nice and then it sucks but like who cares on both both extremes but it's the middle. It's about like staying grounded and like realizing that, you know, some days I will dispatch articles that I have mm-hmm. earned, man. I earned. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, I mean, uh, that, that I think is an important thing for people to hear too. You know, sometimes, you know, we do screw yes. up, you know, sometimes we, um, you know, deserve some shit. And, um, and, you know, you're a human being, you're not perfect. You're going to make some mistakes, you know, to, to the people who honor you for just waking up and stuff like that, that is actually, and it to me is as well, but, um, but I am grateful folks who are just trying to say, Hey, you see me or, you know, and, and, and I take that, I do, and I, and I am very appreciative. I am not appreciative for folks who who may may honor some of the stuff that we do, but because of my age, I think that hopefully I'm still just getting started. And like, I don't believe I've done anything yet, truthfully, that is is worthy of of, of celebration. I think that being in the game is is is, and it's a hard game. This this lifestyle of an elected official in such a large is, is different. And I know that it's different. Some of my mentors are other. Presidents, past council presidents, um, and one of them said that um, you're like you're on a merry-go-round that's going faster and faster, and you know why you're on the uh, uh, talking about public life. You know why you're on the merry-go-round, fast and it's crazy, but it's not till you get spun off 
And you look back at that, how fast that crazy <laughs> mare grew around. This is going, and you're like, what yeah. the hell was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so l- let me ask you before we kind of move um, on, I want to kind of talk to you about your your you know role currently. Yeah. But um, you know, you you shared kind of your coming out story, you know, so to speak, with with um, Coleman. Um, you know, at what point did did you start to share kind of with with those closest to you, with your parents, or 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 kind of you know, how old were you when you started to come to um, you know your your own kind of um, embodiment of of who you were, and you started to share that and. And what was that like? Can you, you know, yeah. was, it, was it was it loving? Was it scary? Was it, you know, all of the above? You know, I, I think it's a really important thing for people to hear. Um, you know, it's not an uncommon thing uh, to 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 um, to hear about. But from again, your position, I'd love for you to share that story. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I probably knew I was gay uh, for a freshman year of high school, and I went to a progressive high school, Columbus Alternative High School, where um, the thespians were the jocks, and mm-hmm. we we didn't have sports. So what a beautiful thing! Right? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, we were it's the what, what were we? we were the Pegasus, <laughs> the flying Pegasus. Um, awesome. And yeah. so, like, it allowed us all to kind of be cool and not to yeah. not to have some of these. Uh, so um, some of the some of the experiences that other folks probably had um, in high school, and so I was, you know. Learning myself at at, at cause about uh, my own sexuality and didn't share that with folks outside of my my peers. Um, went to to Morehouse uh, in Atlanta, and Morehouse allowed me again, being a historically black college, an all male college, to be both gay and black and understand what that meant and and what what um what. Morehouse taught me around like being gay and black is that, or just being gay or black, truthfully, is that if you are uh, competent, if you're effective, if you're efficient, they have to fuck with you. Like when you mm-hmm. grow up, mm-hmm. people will care a lot less about those other things mm-hmm. if you can perform the tasks that they need you to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even in an environment, you know, me being on student senate, you know, running for student senate down there, mm-hmm. and uh, me doing the work that I was doing, I was accepted pretty easily because mm-hmm. we were. I mean, because we you were getting shit done. You were competent. Yeah, we're doing what a what a great lesson to learn. You know, I mean, first of all, the 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 fact that you had educational environments, you know, from from high school through college that were so accepting, um, you know. That says so much, you know. I just think, boy, is that is that just so? But important? you know, it may be, you know? and I don't want it to, to to trivialize it or make it seem like it was easier easier than it was. I think one of the things crazy night naivety. So like, hey, so people probably were like <laughs> okay. judging the hell out of me, that's and I was cool, just okay. like, "What's uh-huh. up, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, fine. That's good too. That you know that that'll that'll serve you really well too. So okay, it help me. It's just yeah. like whatever. Yeah. But then another, you know, great lesson there, like get shit done, you know, be competent, you know, um, work hard, you know, and and then, you know, the rest starts to fade away. Now, I still did have to come home. And I think one of the, I, I waited until my, my dad died freshman year of, of college. Um, and my dad and I were extremely close. 
very, very, very close. He, he loved me like uh, there's no doubt how much he loved me. And one of the things mm-hmm. I think back on because I waited till after he died to like really tell my family that I was gay. And I knew mm-hmm. that I did it mm-hmm. to because truthfully, I was scared of how he would take it. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I would have given him the opportunity to to know his whole son. Like he knew he mm-hmm. he knew me, mm-hmm. um, and he knew I'm probably gay. I'm sure. Just but the fact mm-hmm. that. I didn't was not able to give him the um, uh, experience that part of not just that part of me because I was all I mean this is this is me this is gay Shannon and this is me like regular mm-hmm. Shannon right now and that's how mm-hmm. I've always been mm-hmm. but but I, I didn't allow him to have that opportunity to express his love or just how he felt through it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I regret that. Um, but, but, um, and I, and I also conversation be a conversation of like, let's sit down. Guys. I have something mm-hmm. to tell you. Like, mm-hmm. like everybody needs to be yeah. seated. Like I didn't want it to be like, I was telling yeah. them I had cancer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it always been that, you know, this was who I was and, and they were seeing it the entire time. I just had, didn't put a name on it. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an interesting thing, and I you know I appreciate you sharing that because um, you know it's very real. You know that's that is why I'm asking these questions because you know there are kind of like well, what are the regrets or what are the learning experiences and what would you do differently? And you know what I'm what I'm hearing you say is like it was probably the kind of the the unspoken you know thing that he he and you both knew. But, you know, the fact that that ever never actually like got into the room and was, you know, kind of completed leaves you with a, a little sense. It was sense a, a of, missed opportunity um, to further uh, complexity of my relationship with my father that is, you know, yeah. and, and that I miss. Yeah. And I hear you that like you didn't want to make it this like dramatic, like sit down, like, you know, you had cancer kind of thing. So that like thought by itself kind of, you know kept you from really, you know, having it out there and complete. And I'm just curious, like where, what's the, you know, my belief is um, that, you know, um, I I try not to have regrets because I try to look at them all as like massive learning experiences. And so how has that served you? You know, that, that does that, do you carry that forward now and kind of your way of being and, and, and is there some sort of like, I want to make sure that there's nothing left unsaid, um, kind of approach. Most, most definitely. I mean, I wish though that was the most tragic thing that's happened in our life. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that again, God gives you like stepping stones of like to prepare you for shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the the next step that that further that that awareness for me of just how valuable and how important it is to to be open and be authentic and to share with the people that you love is. Um, six years ago, uh, past six years ago, um, my 30, and so today's my birthday, actually. I'm 30. Yeah, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I'm 30, 33 today. Oh, wow. Well, 33 is a very, uh, spiritual, beautiful number. Um, so I'm honored to be spending some time with you and happy birthday. Thank you. I'm it. very, I'm yeah. very blessed to be 33, but, um, my sister didn't make it to 33. Um, my sister, uh, in giving birth to my nephew, Christian, um, died, uh, 10 days later for a a heart attack. Wasn't not that we we didn't know that she was sick or knew that she was having 
post um, uh, NATO pre- uh, uh, complications, mm. and she, and she just died. Um, wow. And Jeez. so that that probably was the hardest thing our family has ever mm. gone through, okay. just because it was so. Like my dad was sick for a couple years, mm-hmm. and he was our, our dad. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, he was mm-hmm. fifty seven, so he wasn't old, mm-hmm. but like. Mm-hmm. After being 32 and and with with you know just having this baby um just was just was really, really tough on us um and so you know for for I think all of my family we value each other so much more and we understand um than some families how um none of this is promised like like tomorrow for for real isn't um and so it, it has brought us closer and and has allowed us to have yeah every conversation and and the good thing is you know that came out of my sister's path the good thing but the the blessing the thing mm-hmm. that made it bearable is that she left us the coolest gift which is my mm-hmm. nephew Christian mm-hmm. um, wow who, and is yeah. is it was it was it just you and your sister do you have other siblings no 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 so I have twin younger brother and sister that are twenty nine. Um, and, uh, I have siblings from my father, uh, that are older as well. Uh, Uh, so, um, but, but this was the, my, my brother, my sister, the twins and I Mm -hmm. were like the new, or were were our nucleus. And Mm -hmm. so, um, uh, we, we, uh, as a family have raised Christian over the Mm -hmm. past six years, he is, um, (laughs) a chocolate terror. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah. and that's what that that's what goes back to one of my my whys of why I do mm-hmm. this work and why, I mean I I believe that my role is to make sure that I help create a community a city mm-hmm. that sees Christian as ability to, that mm-hmm. sees him as someone that they um, should have their hopes in and mm-hmm. not not that they fear and we're not there yet. Yeah. Like it is that my my young black nephew, even though his count his uncle is the council president. Mm-hmm. Uh, is more likely to go to jail than to to go to college, um, and so like like that like I have to I have to lean into that space. Yeah, because it's just not okay. Well, let's talk a little bit. Thank you for sharing that, and um, and happy ah, birthday. And um, you know, let's talk a little bit how you have leaned in. Um, you know, I remember um, you know you on city council. You know, before you were president, talk a little bit about kind of the decision to take that next step into president. Um, obviously you, um, you know, you care a lot and that's, that's, that's obvious, you know, the, um, things that you've talked about, you know, about, you know, why you do what you do, but talk a little bit about kind of your path into this current role. Yeah. So I guess I didn't know how much being a council member to be to became council president. Um, mm-hmm. uh, council being a council member is is a really cool job. Um, you you're one of of uh, uh, seven folks who get to lean in to weigh in on some of the biggest issues that face a city uh, that a, gr- a growing city of almost a million people, nine hundred thousand folks. You know you can you can go deep into your subject area to your committee area. Uh, um, and you only have to check in with the council president once a week and. You know, mm-hmm. you tell them what you want to tell them in there, and just keep on doing your work. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been a fun transition or a different transition being council president, where now, like, I can't be the one that's just making this now. Like, mm-hmm. it's my job to kind of like keep real it all in, yeah, yeah keep everybody yeah. going in the same direction. And so, um, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a real honor. Um, you know, I, I would not have gone up for council president. 
president at that moment and that it, mm-hmm. it was not needed. I believe that it was time for a generational transition. At that point, we had just crossed the point where we had, had more on council mm-hmm. than than anyone else. And, you know, Columbus can't wait for us to lean into the big issues. Columbus cannot wait for us to take and tackle um, the issues that will shape the the community that our children will. I mm-hmm. say often that um, the city that that we're running right now was was truthfully built by people 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like like they did the stuff that prepared a prepared a city mm-hmm. that that we live in. Yeah. Now have the craziest responsibility because we're going to be the ones preparing a city that is twice its size. Yeah. Like literally yeah. that. And so like. It's important to step up and step up now. And uh, and, and, and I'm also a, sometimes a reluctant leader. And I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm actually drawn to 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 the to folks who not need a prod to to lead, mm-hmm. but need a prod to like take that next step yeah. because they. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, <laughs> and I think actually it, it is a little bit kind of like maybe a part of that kind of naivete, you know, yeah. that you know you, you don't have this like. Um, I'm gonna go be X, and that's my mission. And you see that. I, I, there's other people that I've seen that you know in this city yeah. where they're like on a yeah. mission to be in a role. I remember us. Um, I remember you know, late night at the diner, you know, <laughs> and uh, a couple other times in my office where I was telling you, you know, you need to do this. You're you know, one of those prodders. Yeah, you weren't <laughs> and sure. I appreciate and, it. You know, I, I think you know sometimes. Um, you know, other people see things in you that, that, you know, you can't always see in yourself. And, and to me, it was like clear as day, you needed to be doing this. Um, but I like actually the hesitation, the reluctance. I, I actually think it's humility and, and it's, and it's good. It, it, it serves you well as you're, you know, kind of out there because it allows you to, to hear all of it and, and not be so myopic and closed minded that um, you have all the answers. Well, definitely. I, I, I def- if, what it allows me to do is to, one, try to be focused on the job and like be good at it. Like mm-hmm. the one, not it's not a regret, but because I, I think I'm a good council president, but if I had been five years as a council member, I would be a, a fucking a member, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, like there, I do believe there's something that comes with like sure. something for a, for a little bit of time. No and, I, yeah. and, and as much as people wanted me to go up for council, that I get better with time. I know that yeah. about myself. I know yeah. that I, I learn on the job. Yeah. And so what I had to balance was I'm going to go in here a little green. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go in here with people knowing that I'm a little green yet having to fulfill a real job that sometimes most of the time will necessitate me owning the, the authority and the influence that the, the position requires and that I could do that from, from the, mm-hmm. to, to, to take the reality that, that I was new, that this was, that I was, um, that, that, that this was going to be a, a really a learning lesson for me yet that I would be able to still lead through. And so one of the first things that, so after I got the support of my colleagues and we, we presidency, my first year, the one thing that was, that was just like, I think I wrote it on the wall was I wanted to, to see the maturity of council. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that was very, very important mm-hmm. to me. Like, even though we have this young council with this kid leading it, mm-hmm. I want folks to be up that police and fire will still be out there. Like, let mm-hmm. us do the mundane shit that people, mm-hmm. 
and, and see us just actually doing the work because that was really, really going to be important for me in terms of establishing myself in, in just leadership. Yeah. Um, and, so, you know, that, that was big for me. The cool thing about me come, becoming council president, I, kinda, I, I didn't make history, but like I was the youngest council. I am the youngest council president in our city's history. Mm-hmm. I am yep. the um, first openly gay council president in our history. I'm the third African-American council president behind uh, Jerry Hammond, who, who was just, I mean, I didn't get to meet yeah. him. Mentor, like ran the hell out of the city in the mm-hmm. 80s. Um, yeah, legend. Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then behind Coleman. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and so, but like the, the only reason I bring that up, and I usually only bring it up when I'm coolers is because... Mm-hmm. Um, one, it only, it only matters like the history that you make, the representation that you may have only matters if you do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, that really on me that, um, our motto is let's do the, the harder thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would rather do the harder thing while I'm in leadership. Yeah. Um, but, but two is to the point that we, um, I'm just a kid from Southfield who now mm-hmm. is the council president, the second in line, the first in line in leadership mm-hmm. of um, the 14th largest city in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing that separates me or my trajectory that from anybody else in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, for that. well, and, and, and I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, I, I find it to be very comforting. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, actually quite a bit older than you. Um, and, and, you know, um, I love, I love that there's a lot of youth in city council, um, and, and, you know, kind of in our, in our government, you know, I think that you're right about the experience. There's something to be said for having the reps and the experience, but there's a lot to be said for kind of the way that this group of people is, is leading. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I will tell you and I, and I told others, you know, when I, when I see you guys advocating for the right issues, you know, which, which I see a lot and we, we've unfortunately had to do a lot, but I see like strong positions, um, on just things that are just right. Um, in my opinion, you know, um, and I feel really proud that we've got that kind of mindset. And, and I think to some degree, you know, it, it might be reflective of, of the, of the age too, but, um, you, you know, you said, you know, the, the motto of doing the hard things. Well, you know, right now we're in some hard times. So, so let's talk a little bit about kind of what it's like for you right now. Um, and, and, you know, what's, what's happening at the city level. Um, if there's, if there's kind of more to the Arnold story or other kind of, you know, big decisions, I think it's good for people to hear kind of what's going on right now, what you guys are doing, how it's been, um, maybe, you know, what, what we should be doing, what can we do to be helpful? Um, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of walk me through what's happening, you know, in the world right now. I mean, well, I mean, so we, we have a term place, um, that is from our governor who's asked us all to do our part to stay at home. One of the things that, that strikes me every day is, um, when we realize how many people don't have that luxury. We have nearly 9,000 employees. I think 1,300 can work from home, which means 70-some hundred can't. Those are the folks who are 
our police and fire. Those are the folks who are doing the critical things around keeping our rec centers and our water and, and sewer um, things uh, moving. They are the trash and sanitation and keeping us clean. Uh, um, is functioning and it, but it's functioning in a very different way. I think we are looking, we're trying to figure out we have ever been under a state of emergency. And if we certainly have, it was for a much shorter period of time. We think that Mayor Moody may have declared a state of emergency during the 70 some blizzard extended um, emergency, which gives delegates extraordinary powers to the mayor to make decisions very quickly for the safety and well-being of the city and something that the city council right away supported um, understanding where we were. Um, yet there are still all these other functions that have to happen outside of those emergency functions. Um, and so um, we have had to learn um, to, to work in this new normal, just like everyone else. Um, our last council meeting three weeks ago was the very ever virtual council meeting where we used the new became um, uh, uh, legal. I mean, they, 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 it, it was not in co- it was in code that you had to be in person to vote um, in state uh, in the state code in our city code under the emergency powers. A ruling from uh, a memo from the Attorney General Yost, and then. And then codified in um, the state's um, aid package, councils, communities can meet now in, in virtual so that they can keep the function of the city. So we, we ran our first virtual meeting. And it's kind of like, a, it's an interesting thing because I know that like, even just the way you describe that, um, probably a lot of complexity and getting to that point, yeah. right? And maybe controversy, I don't know, like, you know, kind of what was going on behind the scenes to get to that point. Um you know, from just kind of like a layperson perspective, like no brainer, right. you know, like it's a no brainer. <laughs> like we need you guys healthy. Right. And like, we need you making decisions. Right. And, and like, you know, it, right now in a state of emergency, like that just has to happen. Um, it was, but it, I get that's probably, it, it was, simple. it was not simple because, yeah. because there were two options. I mean, and truthfully, until we had a, <laughs> There was a question of because we were just using the the, the auditor or the attorney general's um, memo to say that we could do this meeting, and we went ahead and did it. Like literally, and in forty five minutes after we saw the 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 it was a day after we saw the 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 memo that said we could. But I remember the the city attorney was like, "Be really careful because we might have to defend this one day mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that this was actually a, a legal a legal meeting." And so mm-hmm. we, we had to. It was <laughs> either. Yeah. It was either that or no meetings at all. And and you can't stop government um, mm. even in these times. And so one of the, I mean, the complexities though is, is how public input um, during, uh, mm. during, yeah. during a virtual meeting. And so it is still something we're struggling with. I decided mid-meeting that I would postpone our, our coming up meetings until April 20th, which mm. would be a four-week um, break so that we to work some of the yeah. we are going to come back on April 20th uh, to, to start meeting again. We might not meet every week um, because, you know, the, the thing, what I took into mind was my responsibility to keep other people safe. There are a pyramid effect. Mm-hmm. This, when counts, then there's a meeting under there and then there's a meeting under there that, yeah. that happened where, where you get to literally hundreds of folks meeting to make these, these meetings happen. 
i.e. our area commissions and such. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that we were doing this in a safe as possible way and that we were signaling that we were taking this seriously. And so we did our part. I mean, we passed for initial um, emergency uh, funds around housing. We didn't know what the money would be for because it was... Uh, Days, but we just knew that we needed to put some money out there. We ended up, the mayor ended up using that money right away to build a homeless, not to build, to support a home for folks mm-hmm. who are COVID positive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, at the I hospital. saw that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So initial funding for that. And so uh, we, I talked to each of my members um, daily. Uh, uh, we have a virtual town hall now. I think it's really important for folks to see their leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, now more than ever, and also spreading uh, uh, real news, real information. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much, so much, especially in, in online with younger people. The beginning of you know craziest things around, like black to like young people living it up out here, and so I took it upon myself to really like hunker down on social media and to try to push mm-hmm. the like real facts yeah. and, and to make sure that, that we were, that younger people were taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm following along and, and I appreciate you doing that. And I'm just curious, you know, kind of as we wrap up here, you know, a- anything else that you want people to hear or know or do, you know, relative to the kind of time you're in, I think you're right. You said earlier on, you know, this is a worldwide event. You know, this is history. Sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to kind of know what, what kind of, you know, um, what the history books are going to say, but they're going to have a lot to say about what's happening yeah. right now. Um, you're, you're, you know, on the front line, you're kind of at the epicenter of all of it. You know, what, what, what should people know? What, you know, kind of what's your perspective or, 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 or what, what's the, what do you want people to hear? I mean, I want people to um, be proud in their sacrifice, like own their sacrifice. Own that is hard. Like when you want to see your family members, when you want to even go to have a drink outside, knowing that you can't and like in and not doing it is an act of sacrifice and is a life-saving act. It is not to be diminished. It is not to be like played around with. And like we 100% will get on the other. We will be stronger. We'll be a more caring community. Um, the one thing that, I mean, there's several things that we can do, uh, but like we can go to, we can go on walks. I, my walks around my neighborhood have been some of the most enjoyable walks I've ever had because people are now yearning to wave and say, Hey, like from, from a, from a distance, but like there's a connection that is, that, that is palpable that people want to, you know, share the good news or here's, uh, we have, we have to lean into that own it and continue to make it part of just our Columbus way. We will, uh, partly because of our economies a little bit differently, uh, but mostly because we um, take care of one another. Uh, And so uh, be proud of the sacrifices that you're making um, and know that, that when we all get on the other side of this, we'll have a lot of work to do. We'll have to support one another. We're going to have to go out and hide small businesses. I mean, um, we really are going to have to take care of one another, but uh, we're, we're we're plugging our way through right now, and I'm just very grateful for each and every one of the folks in Columbus. Really grateful for for our health workers. I have a couple of friends who are doctors who I truthfully pray for every day. Um, 
uh, because uh, they, they're doing God's work right now. Yeah. So well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for, for taking the time um, and, uh, you know, for what you're doing, Shannon. And, and um, you know, I do think we have a unique uh, community here in Columbus. You know, I, I'm seeing the initiatives, the, you know, Can't Stop Seabus yeah. and the Columbus Way and, you know, the Columbus Partnership and the and the arts organizations. There's, there's so many people that are... Um, uh, you know, coming together and really doing uh, awesome work. And I think it makes a difference. It, and it makes a difference every day, but especially now more than ever, um, it's really going to be critical to getting through this. And um, you're right. I love the message, you know, kind of going back to the barbershop, which by the way, I kind of like the new uh, look. I think, you know, uh-huh, I like it. I like it. I, I'm telling you, I, I would have never known. Um, Not happy about but, it, but it's my sacrifice. <laughs> It's those basic things that really are critical right now. They add up. And um, anyway, uh, happy birthday. Thanks for taking the time to to join me. And thanks for your friendship and your leadership and sharing your story. And, uh, you know, please let us know. We're here for you if there's anything that we can do to, to be supportive. Thank you, Brett. Keep it up. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at The Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.